All right, hello, fellow songwriters, and welcome to the 19th episode of the How Songs Are Made podcast, where we talk to notable artists about their songwriting process. I'm your host, Trey Xavier, and today we're going to be talking to Miles and Andrew from Interloper about how they write songs. Today's episode is sponsored by the amazing DistroKid and their awesome Splits feature. This is the DistroKid feature that I have used for sure the most. Basically, you can easily split all the incoming money from any given track or album between yourself and unlimited collaborators. So, for example, if you and a friend collaborate on a track, you can set the split at 50-50 when you upload it. And then DistroKid's going to automatically split all the incoming revenue, and he's never going to have to worry if you're holding out on him. Your collaborators will need to make a DistroKid account, but they're going to get a 50% discount, so it's only 10 bucks. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. So check the link in the description for 7% off your first year of DistroKid. And now, their new single, My Flame Deadened, is out now, and their debut full-length album, Search Party, is celebrating its one-year anniversary Please welcome my guests, Miles Dimitri Baker and Andrew Verretta of Interloper. Hello. Hey. Boys, how's it going? Good, man. Chilling. I I forgot to hit the applause button, but I've got one. Wait for it. There we go. Oh, yeah. There we go. Party horn. Third tries the charm. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, thanks for taking the time, you guys. Hell yeah. Um, My first um, multi-person in in-person guests um i've had in-person guests a couple times now but it's only been one at a time and now here's the the, the dose of you just so people can know for sure that, I'm, that they're actually here in the same room because it's been like a couple episodes people are like wait a second are they in the same place what just happened um it's all so, camera work man it's all camera work I'm, i've got a slightly different setup and i'm uh messing around with some different stuff over here i've got my little ipad so that i can read the comments without looking like a weirdo (laughs) um but yeah how are you boys doing today good good chilling good made it made it here you made it here yeah Yeah, that's right at the crack of before the crack of noon yeah that's a tough one yeah it's difficult for me for sure call about it last night we were both scared (laughs) we were yeah i was like it's like dude are you going to bed and you're like i'm I'm already in bed alarms yeah, <laughs> I think I set seven or eight actually. I had three, nine, nine o'clock, nine o two, nine fifteen. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I woke up way earlier than you for no reason. Just like whatever. When you've dude. got a thing to do, and you you know that it's coming in the morning, you'll wake up like way before you need to, and you're like, fuck. Now I can't. You don't get the requisite amount of sleep ever. Yeah, yeah man. It's, just, it's hard to sleep when you know you have something to do. It's like yeah. when you're leaving on tour or something, and you're like, ah, oh, it's my last night home. You're like, good luck sleeping. It's the- like Christmas. You guys were so excited <laughs> to see young Santa yeah. Claus. It's like that pre-sleep, <laughs> the pre-Christmas stress. I don't know. Just like the <clears throat> the anxiety yeah. of what presents you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. And today, my present was you. <laughs> <laughs> both. I am both Santa Claus and gift. Yeah. That's right, dude. Got to do the, the unboxing before the stream. Anyway, we're here to talk about what i consider to be the most important part of the entire the entire music industry actually i might be a bit biased but like (laughs) the way that you go about writing your songs the actual process of how it's done um and really there's only one question in this interview in the podcast and all the other questions are follow-up questions to this and that is how, what is your usual songwriting process? And was it any different for 
um, either the new track or the or the full length album from how you've done it previously? Yeah, so it's <laughs> typically like what we'll do is um, like I will I'll write something kind of more independently, or Miles will write something more independently, and then present it to the group, and then from there we'll kind of collaborate. That collaboration period is not something that like I have really ever been used to doing mm -hmm. because I'm used to just writing on my own and completing songs on my own. Mm -hmm. um, so with Search Party, that was definitely a new thing and it had its hurdles for sure. Um, but I think that he and I definitely learned a lot about each other and about our brains. Yeah. Um, and so through that, um, I, I definitely like have noticed in my writing, like I will almost like pre compromise what's being written so that just because I know that he's probably going to like this, or I could go this direction with the song, but miles probably won't really like it. It's kind of not his thing. And so that kind of stuff goes through my head when I present something now. Um, and I kind of, I learned that through the process of writing search party. So that was, that was definitely like a big thing for me. Yeah. And then with the newer one, I guess it's like the same thing, you know, that one, um, my flame dead end is like definitely, um, a song that's, I feel further in my direction of songwriting, but, um, Aaron and miles both like really enjoyed it. So I think it, I, it worked, but, um, but yeah, that's definitely, definitely a big thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's tough balance too. And I think doing it on like with importance, you know, we had, we had signed with nuclear blast and we had like, you know, it was like, this is really important, you know, and that kind of thing I feel always adds stress. And I think working together and during the search party process too, there were, there were a lot of things changing personally, as well as a band, you know, there was a bunch of stuff going on and like members, you know, we had, there was, there's a lot of stuff happening, you know, a lot of different parts moving. So it was, it was like a hard area to kind of navigate, you know, there's no like guide like, hey, how do you deal with this? It's like, figure it out, you know? And so, yeah, like Andrew was saying, we went through a lot and learned a lot, you know? And I think um, I think everything, like, moving forward to is hopefully going to be even easier, you know? Because it's like, that was the first time we wrote, like, a record together, you know? Or, like, you know, even just, like, a group of people coming together to produce the record. That's a, that's a tough thing to figure out, and I, I don't think probably anyone who does that ever nails it like the first time, you know, it's an ongoing process of learning, you know, like Andrew's saying, bring this to the table, keep that, you know, it's balance. Is, was it the, basically the same process for the, uh, EP that you guys put out before, um, search party? That one was a little more disjunct than search party. Yeah. Um, so there were songs that Miles wrote entirely on his own and there were songs that I wrote entirely on my own. And then I think there was like one song that we like actually like sat down and wrote together from start to finish on mm -hmm. that. And it was so ticket 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 that one. silence. Yeah. Yeah. Like for, we forget the names of our songs. We still <laughs> we still go off of like the working titles in our heads mm -hmm. and like we have to like hold our tongue. Yeah. Set list has all the working titles on Dude, it because that's yeah. how you remember it. If I do that I will say them out loud. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I have to force myself to say the actual title or else I will say it. I was like, trying to do that one. The silence. Um, we called, we call it clown baby. Yeah. <laughs> clown baby is the running title for that one. I think, um, or even like the other day I had to, I went on like Apple music to pull up the record. I was like, what the hell is this song called? I could have remember. It's like a drew. I, like, I know it. You know, it was yeah. like, yeah. incredible. But, but uh, you can't be like Siri. 
It's the one that goes. I don't understand what you're saying, you fucking weirdo. Yep, exactly. God, dude. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Revenant Legacy was definitely like I. I feel more a little more disjunct. It may not come across that way to the people listening, but yeah. to us, it definitely does come across that way. I look, I look back on that as like a, a primer. <laughs> like, yeah, for yeah, sure. that doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like loper. You know, even like, yeah, it just you know it is. But in my mind, I'm like, uh, it's not your final form. No, yeah, neither same. neither is search party though. You know, yeah, even that, yeah, same thing. Let's say uh, you bring in, like, when you're saying that, you know, you guys will work on st some parts of it uh, at home or on your own or whatever, and then bring it together to work on it, what does the initial idea look like? Is it, like, does it have vocals and lyrics on it, or is it just guitar parts, or what? Uh, nowadays, yeah. Nowadays, because Miles has been doing a lot of work on his vocals, and his, it's, like, super sick. Honestly, it's super cool. Um, and so he's writing stuff, and he'll send them, like, pretty fleshed-out sections with vocals and stuff. And he'll say, I don't really mind, like, these vocal parts being taken out, but, like, I really like this, you know, so we should keep that. And then mm -hmm. I've, I have I um, do that as well with the stuff that I present. Um, like, I'll... I'll write like, you know, most of a song or just like a chorus because the chorus melody is the first thing that came to me. Like um, the new single, like that song was rooted from, um, I just started humming the chorus melody and then I wrote the song after the chorus melody. I think I remember um, you telling me about that too. Yeah, I was just like yeah. watching TV or something and I just started humming that melody and I was like, oh dude, that would be sick. And then I went to my computer and then just kind of it went from there um but yeah so it is it is definitely pretty fleshed out and then from there um we'll try and find and refine the direction and where we want everything to kind of sit and fall and um if things need to be chopped or not because i feel like that's a very important thing is being able to chop parts off of songs that don't need to be there even if you don't like them Something that I even definitely if you like them, you mean? Or e yeah, even if you like them. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. I've definitely like started songs before and ended without the riff that I started the song with. I've written three songs recently that the main riff, I've written it around, I kid you not, three of them. And that main idea has not made it into any of them. I don't get it. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's like you got to be. I mean, most times when you're writing, you have to be able to be honest with yourself and step outside of like, I really like this. I really enjoy this. I really enjoy playing this. But if it's not working in the song, then it's probably not the right move to keep, you know? It's just uh, something to come to terms with that I think um, it was difficult for me earlier on, for sure. Um, growing, like being immediately married to ideas as soon as they're born, you know? Yeah. So, And I think it's, um, I think like in this case, for example, with this, with this riff I'm talking about, um, and probably same thing with you, maybe if it's not like the same riff and different songs or something, but when you take it out and then the song starts to work a lot better, you're like, yeah, <laughs> like I get it. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like you, you love it. And like, I, I still, like it's a killer. I, I fucking love this thing. And I'm like, it will find a home one day. But when, when it's been taken out of each one and it's like, yeah, this isn't working. And that's like how everything has been written. It's like, well, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, you can't like fight it. You gotta kill your darlings. Yeah, so, it's sad, yeah. but it's 
it's very important. Yeah. There's yeah, nothing for it. Like, But there will I, be a place, though. You know, it's yeah. like eventually it'll probably have a home. You don't have to delete mm. it. It just goes in the in the, in the the Rift graveyard maybe to yeah. be resurrected later. Color coded it red. Use later. That's where yeah. he and I differ is like if something doesn't work for me in a song and it just doesn't find its place or whatever, I will delete it you so that it leaves my brain because I just don't want the clutter because I feel like it's really easy for to like just stockpile a lot of things, a lot of ideas. And I, I feel like if I didn't find a place for it then and there and it didn't like feel right, then I'm pretty certain I could come up with a better idea that would just be better than that idea. Yeah. And it's like, why hold on to something that's kind of like mediocre and force it into something? That's like where I come from. So I'm, I'm actually one of those weird people that doesn't have a lot of session files of like unfinished project, like really? songs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, because I'll- uncommon. Yeah, because like I either will finish it, um, or I if I can't finish it and I just keep getting stuck, then I'm just gonna I will delete the session file so that it doesn't like clutter my brain. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's like crazy commitment. You're like I'm done. I'm, com- I'm committing to this idea never being. It's gone. <laughs> but I mean, that, there is something to say about that though, because sometimes, um, like I have some older sessions with just like endless shit. And that's like kind of what it is. I'll look back on things that I've like dragged to the right. I'm like, why the fuck do I even have this? It's like, this isn't even cool, yeah. you know? But it's just this, like, some of them are cool, like, but it's like unique, you know? Like this thing I'm talking about, for example, it like would only fit in a very unique circumstance. And it's like, if that day comes, I want to use it. But it's like one of those things, you know? Sometimes uh, I'll take stuff like that. You know, I've got my little riff graveyard, whatever. And I'll f- it's the same thing. Like if you're like, fuck, this thing's so this is such a good, cool, unique riff. You have to write the whole song around it. Like you have to, it has to be the initial seed for the whole thing. Otherwise it's not going to work at all. Like you can't just like drop it into song X in the same key or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Totally. Yeah. I've never had much luck with like having something from the past ever like fit somewhere. Like, oh, this riff would go well here. Like that's never worked ever for me. Yeah. I feel like being able to do that, um, there, I don't know, man. This is just my opinion for sure, but like, I feel like there has, it's kind of like a, there's like a disconnect there if like you feel like it's okay to do that, you know? Cause it's like, those are two separate ideas and two different mind spaces and connecting them. It's like, there's a dissonance there, you know? I feel like it should be cohesive. Like, I don't yeah. know. And if it feels cohesive, then it does, but like, most of the time, that doesn't tend to work. It's, Actually, probably the worst problem that I see in like amateur songwriting, especially in metal, is just shoehorning in a riff that just like that. That you're like, no, but it's such a cool riff, bro. Like we gotta get it in there. We gotta get it somewhere. Yeah. That's shitty thinking. Yeah. I want to go uh, go back a little bit to a thing that you said. So you said for my flame dead, and you started humming the melody. You were like, oh, sick. And then you went to your computer, and then you said, and then it went from there. Where does it go from there? Mm. I want to know as much as you can remember about getting it from the humming melody to the point where you brought it to the band. Yeah. Like, what do you actually do? Do you program drums, or you, do you start with some chords? Do you, How does it work? So, um, basically, I I knew the I knew the melody. I, I, I knew, like, I would say, like, 75% what I wanted to do with the melody. Um, from there, I just kind of imagined like where I wanted like those notes to like how I wanted it to feel if I wanted it to be like more open and melodic, if I wanted it to be like really heavy and intense. And I went with like really heavy and intense. So I wanted it to just like, I wanted to just see how having something melodic over like really just dense chugs 
would sound because um, I felt like that would be like a cool contrast to have. You Sounds know, like, like some something melodic against something that's like really heavy and usually would be like screamed over or like, you know, that would be like the second nature. And like I had the ability to decide where I wanted like that to live. And so um, I feel like if I wrote that the other way around, I probably, I don't know if I would have like come up with that melody, you know? Um, so yeah, from there, um, I, uh, I, you know, I just fleshed the whole chorus out. Um, and then I knew that like, I felt like it was like a really strong, catchy chorus. And I was like, I just said to myself, this song needs to be based around the chorus. Like everything around this chorus, I need to, my job now is to build and make the chorus hit and be effective every time. Um, and like have it feel, have the rest of the song feel familiar and like, you know, just lead up to that. So I just, yeah, man, what, like that's, that's kind of what happened. And I kind of wanted to keep it really minimalistic because of that. Cause I feel like if you kind of, if you like convolute the song with like, you know, riffs and stuff like that, like actual riff riffs, um, then it takes the focus away from what I want the focus to be. So there's like kind of like a balance of like developing a priority there. And that's, that's what that song was for sure. So you go in with a pretty solid vision pretty much straight away as soon as the the idea occurs to you. You went in and were, and were like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to work like this. And then Absolutely. you just go at it. Yeah, dude. It's pretty rare that I sit down and like don't have anything going on in my head and I just start noodling on a guitar before I start writing. I go down, like I sit down at my desk like with usually a game plan or I pick my guitar up knowing that I want to write something based off of a game plan that I've figured out in my head, like a sort of style that I'm trying to like incorporate into like something that I do. There's always like some undertone of like a direction in the first place. Are you pretty organized in the rest of your life? Are you an organized person, would you say? Hell no. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the most, maybe the most organization I've ever heard out of, mm, not the, not the most, but like most people, you know, this is episode 19. Most of the time people are like, well, I just kind of like, you know, just kind of mess around and do it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not, not a lot of people have that much direction. I think. Mm, um, but yeah. Miles, what's it like for you when you're same basic question? Like, yeah, I mean, it usually like kind of what Andrew was saying too, it, like usually tends to be like a chorus idea for some, for some fucking reason. It's always that I try to avoid that though. Honestly, it's hard like, to do that, man. I, it, really is yeah you write this thing and you like kind of have the whole idea and you're like oh i got these ideas for like layers like how this is going to sound how it's going to go and like you track vocals over it and you're like this can't be a verse like this is way too insane like how am i going to top this type <laughs> of shit but usually it's like a chord progression or a melody and then from there like something i've been doing recently too is um you have like here's your initial idea you know say it's like a chord progression right and then like second half you would have like a melody on it Right. So now that's like the development. And then the next section, say you're going from like a pre-chorus to a chorus, for example, um, that melody that appeared the second half of that pre-chorus now becomes like the chorus and there's other stuff going on. And then on top of that, say the second half of the chorus, you get something else that's developed on top of that melody. So it's kind of like nothing new like entirely happens yet. You're like adding to it. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's like something I've been doing recently and that's worked pretty well. Um, yeah, it's usually based around chord progression, melody. Um, and I try to track like vocal ideas as I go, if I have them, you know, and that will help a lot too. Cause sometimes you could get really cool like phrases that could like tie parts together really well or make something really impactful, you know, especially over like 
if you have something that's like a more like techie or technical type riff, the vocals are really going to be a big part of like that being super catchy, I think, because it's like, <laughs> it's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that things that are techie can be really catchy. Yeah. But uh, be- just because by the nature of them usually being very busy. Yeah. Exactly. It's harder to do, and it's easier to make vocal hooks, I think, than... Yeah, it's kind of a, a, a blank template, you know, you can do a little bit more, especially like, like screaming, you know, like that kind of stuff with singing, I think, is kind of not sick. I don't think it has a place like, you know, like a tech death riff with like singing. Like, we've already done that. It's like, I think we look back on that, we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tried it. I mean, it, it can be cool, but like, that's not really the focus. But um, yeah, so like chord progression, melody, that kind of like development idea is cool. Um for different sections if i'm hitting a wall with something what i try to do is go back in the song and see like hmm, maybe this part that happened earlier has something i could pull from it to build around another part or build another part around you know so i did that with something um and it was like a tail piece to something but it was like kind of a cool progression just like a quick little thing and it's like okay messing around with that and that became like an entire section and it's related to that so it's kind of like it's kind of tactical you know you're like looking back and trying to figure out okay what what can go here because like andrew was saying if there's like a song and it's like riff 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 or shit in there that doesn't really belong there it starts to feel that way and you run into problems and i've had tons of problems like that you know like having to cut shit and it's like mm. this just doesn't work and i think if you approach it like how I'm saying, at least for me, that's worked. You have things that are a lot more cohesive because it's like nothing is really like a random idea here. Although like left field shit's pretty cool, you know, that can be nice and surprising. But as far as things being really cohesive, that that's what's been working well for me. Looking back instead of looking forward. Yeah, yeah. Like what the theme and variation, you know, is like is like the idea. Here's a riff development. That development now turns into the next riff. Do a development on that. And it's like you have this nice smooth flow of things that are all kind of like related to each other. So nothing's like super out of whack. Yeah. I love that. I, I I love hearing that shit because, man, like the the one of the biggest problems I see is in amateur stuff is is just uh, this is now the second time I've said exactly that phrase on, on this podcast. <laughs> one of the biggest problems this is uh, this I guess which, this would be problem number two is just endlessly tacking ideas on with no cohesion yeah. and like you know th- kind of through composing, which winds up like uh, just. It's not being that su- not surprising. Yeah, it's a riff salad. Um, yeah. And some bands can do that, a, and it's sick though. There are some bands dude, like here where it's like it I was just about to say there are bands that for sure pull that off. But what they have going for them and what they focus on is the dynamics of the song mm-hmm. and making sure that each section has like it feels like it's purposeful. Um, like I mean, like Opeth. You know what I mean? Like those songs are so long, and like there's a bunch of riffs, and like they should be a boring band. You know what I mean? Like they <laughs> yeah. sh- like. They should be, but they're not. Yeah. You know? And that's crazy. And they're really fun to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, you know? I noticed that too with like a lot of like death metal type bands or even like mm. like Spite, yeah. for example. There's a there's a Spite song I was listening to recently and it was like there's you know a couple parts that come back, but a lot of it's really just like it's like tempo changes. It's just like this is all random and it's perfect. You know, like this is like the nastiest shit. They're like some job for a cowboy stuff. You know, a lot of that like Dude, death back metal in the stuff. Day, back in the like MySpace days, Job for a Cowboy was like the fucking riff salad band. Yeah, like, but it's cool. Nothing ever came back. Yeah. I didn't really listen to them that much, but even mm-hmm. then I was kind of like, geez, yeah. I don't remember any of this. I, I got where, into where, them, where are we now? I got into them with like uh, Ruination. When that record came out, I was like, holy fuck. And the production on that record. Oh, yeah. I can listen to that production all day long. This shit <laughs> yeah, is it bludgeoning. So the drums sound so good. 
The yeah, last the one they put out too. was fucking Fuck. wild, man. Fucking Sun Eater? Sun Eater. It's so weird. Like, I got to go back and listen to it again because I haven't listened to it in a long time. But I remember being like, is this the same band? What the fuck is yeah. going on here? That band changed a lot, they were, man. I thought it was pretty fucking cool. But yeah, yeah. I think I only listened to it. I don't remember anything off of it. I need to revisit that record. I'm sure people who are like big fans of them are like, the fuck is this? <laughs> Everyone they loves to be mad. The, they played the same thing twice? The fuck? Yeah, dude. They have song structure? Fuck this band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> songs make dude. sense? I, I hate it. <laughs> Honestly, more than anything else, I'm excited to hear you talk about it like that and really be thinking about the song structure and the songwriting because, like, I... I, I and probably a lot of people up to this point have thought of you as more of a guitar player than a songwriter, even though you do write, you have written in the past, but I think your public face is as an incredibly technical, shreddy uh, guitarist, and yeah. um, it, it's not so much that like you can't be both. Obviously, you can't. Here you are, living proof. And um, but like, it feel it's like, how is there so much fucking? T- how do you have so many hours in the day? Did you get so good at the guitar and care about really uh, tight and structured songwriting? And um, I think as guitar players, we tend to put so much stock in the learning technique, playing really well, being technical, not having um, people laugh at you on the internet. Um, <laughs> it, it still happens either way. And like it. <laughs> I mean, it happens either way. There's nothing for it, but um, (laughs) that like the song uh, craft tends to go out the window. Um, It was a long time before I like really was like, oh, I can shred really hard, but nobody's going to give a shit unless I write a good song. Well, dude, that's that's kind of the thing. And I think working with Andrew is a big thing because Andrew's focus was always like songwriting. You know, I learned I've learned a lot from Andrew about that and taking a lot of fucking notes, you know, a lot of mental notes because it's like I've had a lot of problems writing tunes and like we went through things and it's like I've learned even through like Search Party and, you know, Revenant Legacy EP. There's a lot of things I've learned from that I am noticing like aren't present that much anymore and things I'm doing now, which is cool, you know, which means I'm learning because, yeah, it was always about like shred and, you know, being techie and like that only gets so far and, you know, you can only watch so many videos of someone ripping before you're like... <laughs> I, I, I feel like such a sellout for even like saying it like every hater about shred like yeah I could shred now it's fucking lame you know I, 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 it, it, I'm cringing as I say it um, but like you know it's only so cool you know, and then there's like more creative ways people shred like I see dudes like there's a guy like Keith Whalen that blows my fucking mind oh that guy's insane um, like Wes Houck like Rick Graham I mean there's a bunch of people where it's like it's cooler than like hey here's your three note per string shape at like 500 BPM and it's just like yeah and like dude it's cool and it's impressive but yeah like the songwriting aspect is definitely something i've taken like a much deeper look at in recent times and like i've written stuff before you know and like it worked like there's stuff before rings with rings or like other stuff but it was never like the primary focus you know and now it's like andrew and i were talking about this on the way up we're like our playing's not like all sick right now it's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I haven't played i haven't sat down and played guitar in like two weeks yeah <laughs> it's like not good dude and I've been just, like, track... you guys just got off tour didn't you like uh, yeah, a while ago <laughs> how when did you get back uh the end of march yeah oh shit yeah, it's been a yeah, while. But, but, I mean, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you'll get it back. We've been <laughs> we've been like writing a lot though. Yeah, and like been. and like mixing. I've I've been mixing a lot, and he's you know we've both been writing, and like writing doesn't usually mean like playing guitar. Dude. My playing you know is what I mean? shit like, when yeah. I'm writing. Like, my playing sucks. I'll teach lessons sometimes, and they're like asking about something, and it's like. I'm trying to explain uh, it like to them and I'm like this is fucking embarrassing <laughs> just because I haven't been practicing you know like I can always get that back that's the thing it's like yeah if I sit down and practice like my chops will come back it's not like I lost them 
but it's not right. the focus, yeah. you know? And I think that's cool. And that's something, you know, like putting focus into songwriting, like, and Andrew's to be clear, that, that's cool for you. What's dog shit for you guys is still probably really, really fucking good. You're at a very yeah. high level and you probably feel like, you know, you, like you on a shitty day is still me on my best day. <laughs> I don't know about um, that. But it's what's great in my mind as a fan of metal and a, really enjoying fast and technical stuff because I find it to be exciting to listen to. I love that you're a, you're doing a lot of that stuff. It's not like you threw it all out the window and you're just like, you know, playing folk music or something like that could happen. You know, it could happen <laughs> um, to me that's one of the most exciting elements of of your music is there's so much like really fucking meaty chunky metal like really heavy stuff really uh, a lot of i don't want to say technical but just like intense fast stuff yeah and yeah. then just like beautiful core like super catchy memorable stuff all these angelic layers of vocals i fucking love the sound of your voice like i know Thanks, both of you're singing i don't know who's singing when Right, You're, or do everything you do? on Search Party was Andrew. Like okay. this, so like me, Andrew showed me and taught me over some time, like how to do harsh vocals. So okay. like I learned properly out of the gate, which I think is why I've gotten like where it's at. Which is funny because like no one fucking knows. Like I have I have stuff like coming out and like on Future Lover stuff, people will hear. But like I think it's I think it's come like an un, an unusual long way considering the time. But that's because like I learned, you know, from yeah. someone who like really knew. I think know? I should I should take some lessons from you too. <laughs> I'll show you. Dude. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's crazy. I feel really fortunate to like have had like been able to learn, you know, mm -hmm. from someone who's so good at it already and like yeah. understands it. You know, it's because it's like trying to explain like, hey, can you move the inside of your body like this? You're like what the <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a Dude, really hard thing to teach. Seriously. It's like I need you to move this thing you don't know exists. Okay, and you're like, <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah. okay, but okay, yeah. So, so that's so you it's haven't, you haven't recorded any vocals yet. Not that's released. I mean, there's Nothing there's stuff released, there's yet. stuff that will be coming out. I think Interloper as well as like other project stuff too. Sweet. Yeah, um, and he's he was doing he he did vocals on the um on the tour that we just did, and then like, oh, yeah. he will from from here forward. You know, he's going to like help do backup screams and stuff when like I need a breath and I can't because you know when yeah. when you write a song and you get demoitis and you don't think uh -huh. about the breaths that you need yeah. to take when you're doing vocals yeah yeah so that type of stuff layering them in like <laughs> just to get it the way that you want it to sound and then yeah. you're like oh what have I done dude yeah so but bad but it's it's wild I, I don't think I knew that you could sing like that I mean did you guys had you did you know that he could sing? Like I, I saw your old band play a billion years ago. That's where we first met at uh -huh. some show. Yeah. Uh, or uh, you playing with Vampire Squid? I said your old band. It's you still. It's it's still a thing. But uh, yeah. um, your other band. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't remember hearing you sing at all. But like, yeah, I didn't. And I don't in that band. It's just like the harsh vocals. You've or been fucking screaming. hiding it from us. <laughs> well, I well, think we knew the whole time. Like we knew all along. Yeah. Like, like I've been singing for a while. I just. Um, I never thought that I was like, I mean, I definitely was not good enough to track as like a front man for a while. Like I, I or as like, you know, a lead singer rather, um, until I, we'd like needed to have a different vocalist. Like yeah. We wanted, well, what happened was with the Revenant Legacy, we were tracking some stuff and, hmm. uh, so the, it ended up, Andrew ended up tracking some of the like demos for that before we, like, kind of like right when we needed to do it. It was like all of this shit always fucking happens when you're like in a time crunch naturally. <laughs> like, major changes, you're like, yeah. I know there's a lot going on, but we have to change everything. You know, so it was one <laughs> yeah. of those things. And so <clears throat> he did that, but then I remember after that to like tracking Search Party to even to like now, the amount of like work that you put in, just like singing fucking, like, he was already great. And now it's like, 
whoa. Yeah, now it's like really just like nose to the grind. Dude, yeah, I spent, it's like I spent, insane. I spent Shocking. a lot of time. I spent a lot of time like making sure that like I was the singer that I wanted to hear mm-hmm. on a record. Um, and there was things in my voice before that I felt were lacking that like I just wanted to focus on. Um, and I did. And I'm like super stoked because now it's like there's like a definitely like a a world that's been opened a different um, a different tool that I can utilize and you know u- utilize it as like a uh, a dynamic um, a dynamic tool in songs you know um, and that's definitely sick. Do you have sick and also tight any particular way that you go about writing harmonies because you've got layers and layers of just beautiful gorgeous angelic harmonies on, on all of this stuff <laughs> every single time it hits i'm just like oh <laughs> do you have any kind of particular technique or anything that way that you go about it um well no not really <laughs> so like good good so I, I was in choir for like throughout high school. And so I got really into like one particular choral composer. His name is Eric Whitaker. Oh, yeah. That guy definitely like opened my eyes to like just expansive wide harmonies that are like, you know, really close together, stuff like that, like half steps and whole steps and like the chords and stuff like that. It just sounds like super crunchy. Crazy. Yeah. And like, I really dig that. I don't really do that in interloper, but like it definitely like it kind of internalized my ear for like harmonizing stuff. So like, what I'll do is like I'll get the melody, whatever, and then and then I'll just kind of hum along to it and figure out the different lower harmonies and some of the higher harmonies, and I just just wing it basically, and then it works. <laughs> <laughs> like like each line, I like, um, you know, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Like, it just I, is it just like trial and error? Yeah, like sometimes the notes won't work, and then I'll try again, and I'll hum and be like, oh, maybe I should like do this note instead of this other note because this is making it sound a little cheesy, and then I'll just like shoot up like another step or something or two steps and, and then it's cool to play on how songs are made just fucking wing it just fucking yeah. <laughs> sorry that part i definitely like definitely wing it on but there's yeah man like i said it's like kind of just internalized like i'll know like if i hump if i like have a melody like i'll already know that i'm gonna put a fixed fifth on top of that it's gonna sound sick you know i know it's gonna work you know and it does the more expansive stuff is kind of just a little more experimental and like i definitely wanted to like make it sound pretty grandiose especially on like those like search party songs and um some of the harmonies are incredible you should hear the isolated tracks it's like oh. <laughs> dude i love it listening looks, to isolated tracks well, i'll just send you something with the vocals dude it's like so heartwarming like, god this is fucking perfect <laughs> yeah i remember because i remember when we were going through the the vocals for the record when he finished tracking everything we got the, like isolated ones and it was just like jesus christ this is so nice <laughs> you want to hear something wild the other day i don't ask me why i was doing this it's like it's, it was research for an upcoming video um i i got the um on youtube there's a track of all of the backing tracks with the backup vocals orchestration and like um choirs and every and organ kind of all kinds of crazy shit for the black welcome to the black parade by my chemical romance and my appreciation for like i already love that song but hearing all of that stuff all those layers i was like this is fucking genius it's perfect the uh, orchestral arrangement is out of control it's so good all the Damn. horns in there and like i don't know people are like oh they're like an emo band and like, it's like it's it's crazy it's crazier than like blind guardians it's like pop, <laughs> like pop yeah. yeah it's over the top and i love hearing that kind of stuff just 
because it's a little peek behind the curtain, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Then you can go like, oh, how did they do this? How did they add this to the, like, how, how do these things, parts work together? I didn't even know that there was like that much going on in the music. Yeah, you don't so really you, you, like, feel it more notice than, it. Yeah, I would love to hear that. That sounds awesome. I like yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I could, Nightwish does stuff like, well, obviously... Nightwish does shit like that, but um, they have like <laughs> where you can, degree, yeah. yeah, where you can listen to it. I mean, it's incredible, oh, yeah. but it'd be cool to hear that over like My Chemical Romance. I think that would be. I can only imagine, and I'm pro- probably how like perfect it sounds too. It's probably the most pleasant thing to listen to. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's like we're ta- that's like million dollar production. <laughs> I would like, say that's more than that top. probably. Dude. It's probably so uh, much. More. You can hear the money. Here's <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> ching ching ching. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, those are all real instruments. Uh, that's a lot of people. And by the hour, though, oh, my. Dude. Yeah. Uh, that's um, wild. On that note, how about um, there's some layers of stuff in some of the songs that I heard some keyboard parts, some synth things. Who mm. usually does that? And how does that usually go? It's definitely both of us. And it's just kind of a, basically the same thing with like how we write songs. Like either I will do a lot of it and he's and then he'll help or he'll do a lot of it and then I will help or we do it collaboratively. Like there's definitely been some nights that we've gotten together and just kind of gone through a song and just figured out like what would be cool here? What type of instrument would be cool here? And like what isn't working in this thing that's already here? And just stuff like that, just picking out the notes. And he's really good with the orchestration of chord changes and things like that. Like he gives the chords like direction, you know, like there's like a lead line in all of them, you know, like like the the ones that he does. Voicings and stuff like that. Yeah, like he'll emphasize different voicings. Yeah, but I try to like layer stuff like that too. Um, I think I'm like more overbearing with it than you are for sure. Mm. I like that sound like, through everything even if it's like you're not really hearing it like i think and this isn't always the case obviously but a lot of times i think like a guitar riff with like a synth backing or even like a choir backing that's like soft i think that shit just sounds better not always but a lot of the time it's like there's just this extra like body to it that's cool and so picking out like how are we gonna like what chords are happening in this riff you know you have to like kind of Sometimes you have to take like some liberties with it. And you're like, I'm just going to say it's this, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's not. But other times it's like you can usually pick out like what's going on and make a progression out of it. And then you could use that later in the song. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes like a, a real noty riff, like a lot of single notes that something that's almost more melodic. It's like low melodic mm-hmm. parts. <laughs> um trying to figure out what chords are being implied or what chord is going to work behind it if you're using some kind of like pad or something is like uh, maybe this i don't know like it's it's a bit nebulous and yeah like you're saying sometimes you just have to try shit until it works and then yeah. make it make it make an executive decision yeah. or i mean you you make a progression like you force it in you treat that like riff almost as like a melody it's like if you have a melody you need to write a chord progression under it if you give that to like 20 people who can do it you'll get different progressions yeah. like you could like if you did, if I was like, hey, here's this lead, like gave it, put like a chord progression behind it, and then I did it, we'll have two different things. Yeah, you know, so like yeah, it just depends, sure. you know. And both are right. I mean, if it's if you're creating it from scratch, then who's there's no right or wrong. It's right if it's mm-hmm. if you like it. That's yeah, the end of that exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that stuff's important though. I like like the orchestration um, and just like layering synths. I think there's a lot of cool like textures and sounds, and it's I just like it, man. I think I think it just sounds great. I've always been drawn to that type of like girth in a I'm song. I'm a big fan of girth too. And you also like yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. In that order. Yeah. I've been attracted uh, to girth. So. <laughs> no, 
I've done it. Now big, I'm big now I'm nervous because I eat because I eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You better get a jacket on, man. Yeah. Is that your foot under the table? <laughs> um. So let's talk about what happens like when you guys are getting together and working on the structure of the song. Is it all three of you sometimes? Does Aaron also get in on it? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's just he and I. Sometimes it's just Miles and I. It's, yeah, just every combination you could imagine yeah. between three people, <laughs> it's that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all of them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's only the most possibilities. But yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he definitely. Like, factorial. <laughs> the one. He's definitely got like a sick ear for um, just being like objective and like kind of being in the listener's position, which yeah. is really helpful. Because, like, you know, spending a lot of time on a song and stuff, just, like, stuck in your room hours and hours, it's really easy to, like, lose sight of that, you know? Yeah. And just, um, yeah, so he, he kind of helps. He's definitely helped me um, step out, help help me step outside of, like, that mentality and into, like, a listener mentality. And he's put a lot of things to, like, shed a lot of light on, like, some parts that I th- thought were sick, but, like, probably just needed to go, you know? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then some things he was just totally wrong about, <laughs> you know, but it's all good, dude. Amazing. It's all good. You know, we all have, uh, some things. Just... <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I was like waiting for that. I was like, and, 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 and come keep on. Going. <laughs> I see you tapping your foot. <laughs> What's, uh, maybe walk me through like one that changed a lot from the initial version that one of you brought to the table to the end and like what are ah. some of the things in the process that caused it to change like stuff you cut stuff that you drift. added drift was pretty big the search party have that too i think there were a couple where there was like, i'd say if drift is the first change, one that comes to your mind change. let's let's talk about that one walk me through how that came to be yeah. i had drift is um it was like very bare bones like it's kind of shitty to be honest you know, like in hindsight, it's like, man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So like that first riff wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. There was like, there were things in it that like stayed in it, but were like decorated differently. Yeah. It's kind of like. And it changed the mood like completely. Yeah. Like the chorus was just the chords. That whole thing. It's like just that. Lame. And then that melody came in, yeah, weak, (laughs) effortless, fucking lame. Um, And then that whole like, that whole thing, that like really changed that. Yeah. Really cool. Um, That first riff was definitely like a big one. That was like a big rewrite. And I think it like, it definitely was. There's a video. I remember it, dude. Yeah. Well, how'd it go? Uh, It was like. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, you know what it reminded me of? What? It reminded me of like a Scooby-Doo chase. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I was like, can't have a Scooby-Doo chase in this album, dude. Yeah, no Scooby-Doo. I, it, I can't remember exactly what it was. I yeah. just remember how it made me feel. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good. So, yeah. yeah. But, but it got, it got rewritten know, and it was sick. Ghost is uh, Scooby-Doo chase music and they, I saw them playing in an arena oh, a few dude, months ago. I, you know, uh, <laughs> it was, step your shit up, bro. It was a different kind, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a Scooby-Doo chase like from like if a glam rock band was being chased <laughs> yeah. it's kind of something like that yeah, it was like extensions and <laughs> aquanet flying everywhere yeah that kind of shit yeah but no it um it got rewritten and and like just that riff alone like changed how the other parts felt like a lot honestly yeah and i think another thing that like made the song i think he did the bridge section that was a pretty pretty nasty part oh yeah um is that you i think he did 
I don't really like fully remember, but um, I think another thing that like made that song definitely change a lot and like get kind of rearranged was after the vocals got put onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Once the vocals got on there, like the whole thing kind of made a lot more sense. Like it became very clear what should be swapped around and like extended or shortened. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly what we did, but we that definitely happened on um, the Wishing Well as well. Yeah. Wishing Well had some changes. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't remember that one having too many changes. I remember you and I got together and like when the vocals like came skyping. on though. Oh yeah, like once yeah. the vocals went on, then it was like we know what we need to do. Yeah, and I think that's something too, like that's developed this whole thing, especially like just in my songwriting personally, like shit I, I write even like just whenever. Like the vocal, like having done that and like spent time and now that that's like a thought, it's a huge fucking difference, man. Like how you write and like your idea and intention of a part and like how you can effectively get it across is so much different when you have that in mind. And I feel like that was something that was really difficult when I was like writing without that in mind. I was like, I don't know, let the vocalist do it. It was like, I'm missing such a giant fucking part of this. Dude, yeah, that that's like, that raises like a whole other like topic, I think, which is like, I feel in order to be like really fluent at songwriting and understand what's going on, you have to understand every instrument pretty fluently. And it's like, if you're a guitar player, sorry, dude, if you want to write good songs, you have to learn like what the purpose, like the true purpose of like a bass is doing and like what a drummer's, where a drummer's brain might go um, for this certain section. Like all of these things are important, you know, like guitar is like equal or less important than the other parts, you know? And that's like a really hard pill to swallow, I think. Um, definitely like was for me, you know, cause like when I, when I was first started writing songs, I was just basing everything off of like a riff and you know, it's not always a riff, dude. Sometimes you're just doing power chords and you're putting emphasis on something else. Some of know? the sickest things I think Loper has, or even like just anything like I've heard you do or me do. Some of the sickest things are like knuckle drag simple, like on guitar. It's yeah. like lame on guitar, but like the whole thing comes together and it's like, this is not lame. Yeah. This is in fact very cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Totally. And it's like a lot of like really good songs are obviously really simple. <laughs> you know, even like I mean like let's take like Gojira for example. You know what I mean? Like those riffs are so simple, you know, but like they're placed perfectly and the impact is there. You know, like I the vocals are like pretty much always at the center. And then like the part the points that like the vocals are not at the center, it's like built to not be at the center and there's a sick riff happening you know or it's leading you somewhere else you know there's always like clarity in what you're listening to like it's always made clear to you you know and i think that's that's an important rule to like be able to understand i think at some point there was just so much glory given to guitar players Mm. like in metal and rock and uh it became a pursuit on its own to the point where a lot of guitar players kind of forgot about like the song part of it. Um, like even like Van Halen, like, yeah, he's incredible, but like they wrote fucking song, like party songs, you know, more than anything else. It's like stuck in your head, like all day. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't about the, the sick guitar playing. It was about, the song and then the solo always kicked the whole thing into fucking high gear and it was awesome but yeah, yeah. um you know the yeah the song is the thing that people come back for 
And in other genres of music, it's just clear that the vocal is the most important thing because that's the like i don't know that any pop song or hip-hop or or whatever something on the radio that's really popular like if it didn't have some kind of uh backing music i don't know that it would hold together as well but people when they're listening they don't really hear yeah the other stuff they like they hear it but they don't think about it it's just kind of there and then the vocal is the thing that they latch on to well it's all really like good this is the thing i'm thinking of uh what's that song havana uh camilla cabello that's one yeah that dude the music behind that is so sick it's really good it sets the mood yeah it does and it's like it's just solid you know, like that, I think that is a big component to that type of music. Some of it, I mean, there is some music I hear where I think the backing is like not, <laughs> and I, I don't get it, but sometimes it does not fucking work. Yeah. But it's also, if you write the vocal right and it's, and perform it well, like you can get over a lot of that. I don't know. It's interesting in metal because there's so much emphasis placed on, even by just the casual listener who does, who's not a musician. Mm-hmm lot of emphasis placed on the instrumental virtuosity or the writing of the riffs or the parts you know yeah i think that's really cool in in a sense in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because i love i love instrumental music even you know and mm. like i like listening to the parts tickles my musician brain a little bit um but also just like enjoying it as a listener and i think a lot of genres of music can't do instrumental stuff because no people when they were like okay when's it start when's the song start you know like, yeah that is exactly not interesting dude. enough yeah, yeah. You know? when does the song start when does the song yeah. start i say that a, i say that a lot man people send shit into me to listen to on the friday stream and i'm like okay like this is a pretty cool backing track that you wrote where's the song part of the song um damn it's not even that they're doing something like so wrong it's just like they just didn't even think about it they're like oh i wrote these fucking sick riffs like no that's not that's not good enough just yet but i like that there's kind of this compromise in in really well-written metal not not a compromise so much but just like enough focus on the instrumental parts of it that it's that it's ultra sick and then also this great song written on top of it i hope yeah yeah definitely yeah. i feel like i feel like in metal i mean i don't really have any experience writing other styles of music but um i definitely feel like it's it's definitely felt for me over the years to be like a difficult thing being able to shift priority from like the listener's perspective like mm-hmm. vocals or the guitar riff that i want you to pay attention to like these kinds of things it's difficult to like do that smoothly in metal you know i feel i it's like it's so easy to like get caught on like a riff that just like oh you know this is sick and then it's like okay but this song can't do this forever how do i get out of here you know what do i do you know that's it's definitely something that's that's tough yeah (laughs) which song on the album would you say was the hardest to write and why is that Hmm. well the reason why a song on that album would have been hard to write would have been because of a difference in vision for what that song was supposed to be. So mm-hmm. like difficulty with collaboration and that song would probably have been idle years and the wishing. Well, those two songs I think took the longest to like get to the point that they were at. And it was, yeah, like for, for that reason, like we just, those are two songs that miles brought to the table 
And like Aaron and I saw the song going into like a different direction than he saw it going in. And like, there's a lot of back and forth and it was like, this is too busy here. And he's like, no, this has to stay because it's perfect. And it was just like that kind of thing, just mm -hmm. back and forth, kind of just tug of war with that. And um, at least that was how the wishing well went. And then idle years, I think turned into a, I think the composition changed pretty drastically in that one. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like changed a lot. Actually, dude, you know what? I think that song maybe changed more than drifted idle years. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're talking about which songs were the hardest to write. Yeah. Idle years changed a lot. That was a big one. I'm trying yeah, to remember how it was like changed. that. Well, dude, I remember I like rewrote it like with what you had. And then like I added some, like a lot of stuff and then we cut a lot of that stuff, but like we kept like the bridge basically, remember? The bridge. How I like made that intro riff into like the bridge or whatever, and then the, yeah, like, the, the solo section. Oh, thing. yeah. The me you rewrote the melody in the beginning. That's right. Yeah. That actually, that, that original melody stayed in and I took a synth part later in the song. Yeah. But it's not like forefront. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That. And then um, the pre chorus melody. Did you do that or did I do that? I think you did. Yeah, that and the verse riff. There was something else in that change, like big. I don't fucking remember, man. <laughs> yeah, there was something. There was something in there, but it was another one where it was like, "Here's the bare bones," and then it like turned into something really sick after. Yeah. That was like pretty different. How do you generally resolve the kind of like dispute in the vision of the song? Do you have any process, or you just kind of bang your heads against the wall until it, uh, you make a compromise? Or what? I think it definitely comes down to yeah, like just compromising and like having trust in the other person that like maybe I'm not seeing what you're seeing and that, and I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. That's usually what it takes is like maybe accepting that you possibly yeah, you can't be like, unwilling. Yeah. Cause then um, you just fight. Yeah. Cause you know, like <laughs> his, his brain like tends toward things that mine don't because I come from like a whole different like group of bands that I grew up listening to and are influenced by and, he yeah, has a different set. Entirely different. You know? So the <laughs> things that like really stick out and are sick to him, like really maybe won't like be sick to me. And like, I don't really think twice about, you know, but like, it doesn't mean that like some, like the fan, the listener won't be just as moved as he is. And I, like, I can, I can like eat that. You know what I mean? Like I can just chill and be like, okay, this is good. It's not my cup of tea totally, but it's all good. Cause it's somebody's cup of tea, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think like, I think something too where that type of thing's been avoided most is like Pathkeeper, for example. Mm. The song is fucking hard. Um, <laughs> dude, that song, that is song a, sucks. It's a fucking marathon, <laughs> dude. That song is relentless. Um, yeah. But like that one, we sat down, I think, start to finish, like wrote together. Mm -hmm. Like we were just like at your house. Yeah. That shit came together in like a day or two. It's like really fast, which is cool, especially considering how fucking long it is, man. It's like, how long is that song? Six minutes, seven minutes? It's like too long, but it, it, it works really well. I think sometimes that winds up being the case. You Doesn't write something long. longer because the editing process tends to take longer than just getting all the ideas down in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we it like... Depends, but, but we didn't sure. like change anything in that one, I don't think. I mean, maybe like slight stuff or like vocal things or, you know, like little tweaks. But when uh -huh. we wrote that together, it's like... The, it's easier like that versus like when you write something all on your own you're like in your room all fucking pumped on it you're like this is perfect and you send it and they're like I don't like it and you're like I'm gonna fucking die <laughs> you're like uh, I have two options here explode or just like what do I do you know 
It's hard to get past the sunken cost fallacy. When you've worked really hard on something, you think that that gives it some like inherent value. Oh, dude. Yeah. And absolutely. then if, if people don't like it and you're faced with the prospect of like having to yeet some of your hard work, your hard <laughs> to earned riffs, it. to yeet, yeet it into the ether and, <laughs> and just cut them or whatever. And, and you're just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. But dude. you. you yeah. Time invested does not always equal uh, value. It's no. not always proportionate with the value. Yeah, yeah. That's extraordinarily well, think, difficult for me to accept. All, all for sure, dude. It's like, it, you know, somebody like deleting your save file on like some video game that you have like 100 something hours in, 200, 300 hours in. And it's like, ah, you yeah. know, it's like not really like that valuable. Like you beat the game already, this and that. But like it's that time that you spent on it that was like important, you know? Yeah. And I think like, with you and I too, especially having such, I just noticed you have a propeller hat also. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, I, I have got one. a lot of it's wacky It's like the hands. same one. Yeah, I have that. I think it's probably the same one. Should've oh, it's pretty tight. Pretty I tight. Should've, I should have fucking worn it. Damn. I'll bring I mean, it. You I'll could bring wear, it another time. You could wear that one. It's well, I can't. I, <laughs> it's right there. Dude. How's the propeller supposed to spin with this thing? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It won't fit. It's not gonna work. But, <laughs> the problem um, with the headphones. Yeah, makes yeah. less less fun hat options. And yeah, it is when you have the propeller hat on. Yeah, that's what you need. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think having like different musical backgrounds like that too, it's easier. Like when we write stuff together, I think it works better. Like for people who are doing like this type of thing, I think that tends to work well. Or maybe I don't know. It just depends. It's hard to get like on the same page entirely. Even if you are on the same page, it's like just like background wise different. You know, like I like you like stuff I don't really like. I like stuff that you don't really like, and it's like working together. Some of these songs are fucking awesome. And some of them we go through a lot and they end up being awesome. But it's just like a thing trying to figure out how to like find the same vision sometimes, you know? And I think that's a big thing that like people don't necessarily talk about with bands. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. maybe they do. I don't know. I feel like people do talk about that. But I think it's, it's important. probably really hard for you guys to see um, how great the, the sort of mashup of the things that you like together will be. Like... If you guys just listen to the same stuff and you could just agree on everything and everything you brought to the table worked together really well, it could be because it just sounds like a lot of other bands. <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. I use this example a lot. Lennon and McCartney made some of the greatest music ever because they were super fucking different. You know, John called Paul's, he called it like fucking like grandma songs, like all oh, Paul's grandma songs. And like, <laughs> and then like John's like wacky fucking acid music, you know, like that was just like, he's just like, just wild sh- psychedelic shit. And, but it, it was the two of them working together and like make and putting those things together that made something new and great and exciting. And if it was just one of the, I mean, you listen to their solo stuff and like some of it's really good, but most of it kind of sucks because they, they just, they needed each other for the balance and the, and the excitement and the tension and stuff, you know, like Paul went off and made a lot of nice grandma music and John John went and made fucking weird music with Yoko Ono and like, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, it's probably, I imagine, difficult for you guys to figure out what it is that you're going to do on that front. But it's, yeah, um, I think that's important, though. That's something I think, I think like, really with this important. upcoming record, we're going to we're going to determine because we already have stuff, too. But like, it'll be cool to really come together and like pin it down for the next one. So it's yeah. even more cohesive. Try to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
yeah. Put put the effort forth at least, you know. And I think that'll be cool, you know. There's a lot a lot of things have changed from like search party writing process to now. Like things are like drastically different. In a good way. It not like been that much time it. either. It's a, it's a, yeah, what? it's been it's been a, it? it's been a fucking stressful year. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of stuff happened, a lot of a lot of different changes in like, you know, just personal life. But like it's it's all good. You know, like it's not like it was tragic or anything. It's not like something happened. You know, it's just life stuff. You know, it's good. And like spending time developing. Um, what would you say is different about the process of how you guys are writing songs now that's um that's different for the stuff you got coming up? If you get, I think that, right. I think that it's like more collaborative than it has been. I think that's the big thing that's changed is like, we're very much like either at each other's houses or like on Skype, like when we're writing these songs so that we know that everything's going to work. And like, um, and like I said, kind of earlier, like at least from my, actually for sure, from both of our perspectives, like we're, we're both writing things um, and presenting things that are like pre-compromised almost and that wasn't really much of a thing before with like search party um like not as prevalently um like i'm I'm writing things that are like for example like more melodic than i'm comfortable with like i'm I'm using more like chord progression based things Mm -hmm. you know and like that's not something that's like second nature for me you know and he's like bringing more like riff heavy kind of things and like that's something that like i like to do and and bring to the table so it's kind of like we're kind of like trying to turn into each other a little bit you know (laughs) and it's cool man um so is it just that you were um starting the collaborated uh the collaborative process earlier in the process like you've it rather than developing the idea on your own a bit you just kind of like have the idea and then you bring it and and you guys work on it all together um Yes and no. Maybe it yeah. hasn't changed at all, yeah. dude. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think it's it, so different. The way that we're working now is yeah. somebody will work on something and then bring yeah. it to the band. It's so different. Mm-hmm. It's it's so different. It's made its way back to the same thing. <laughs> Can't yeah. full um, circle. Well, I think. I mean, the thing is, like, we have stuff written for the next record, or potentially just like singles. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, just, like we need to just keep fucking putting music out, and like the mm-hmm. two year between records thing is just stupid. Like, it's like a bad idea. Yeah. I, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I think like what we're doing and like we've discussed too is like getting together, having like an idea. So maybe some of these songs that we've already done similarly to how we've done it in the past might be fine and might work or maybe not, but like get together, have an idea. Like what is the theme? Like what are we going to do for this record? You know, and just kind of like get that like laid out and then we can rip through it. And like the stuff we've already done now, maybe it works, but like I think this record when we do this process, you know, when we have this whole thing and like lay it out, um, I think it'll be more of a cohesive record. Not that search party like wasn't, but I think it'll be like more, you know? So it's just a different intention. Cause like last time, like I think we both, the record came out and we liked it, but it's like, we could do this better, you know, mm-hmm. which like, I don't care how good a record is. Like anyone who just does doing this should hopefully be feeling that way after it, you know, not like, Oh, that was <laughs> it. We could be lazy now. You know, that's, that's not a good way to think about it. You always want to be like, how do we like do yeah. this? Um, so yeah, I think, I think it'll go better. It's just like better planning, you know, better intention. How much outside influence is there? Do you guys work with anyone, any, a producer at all or any kind of, do you show stuff to people when you're, when it hits a certain point or what how's that work in the songwriting process joey yeah so um my brother 
did the mix and master for Search Party and for the, the EP as well. Um, and he uh, is somebody, obviously, that I grew up with, but he's somebody that... <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with my brother. <laughs> well, some people he, he, um, he and I both um, have prioritized like our songwriting as like why we play guitar um, since we were young. So we've always bounced ideas off of each other. And, um, and it's been, uh, he's definitely played like a big role for like things that I write. Like I'll send them to him and see what he thinks. And Miles like will even send songs to my brother um, and see what he thinks. And um, he's definitely like, added some stuff that um we definitely did not think to add in the songs um although like we definitely try and fill as much of that space as possible before presenting it like we try and like cover all of our bases you know like all the string layers all the impacts and like the reverse mm -hmm. symbol stuff like we'll just like go through each song and figure out what like what like at the very end you know yeah, like it's that's not what like we start do. to finish producer where it's like hey i've got like two chords can you like write this for me or help like in <laughs> fact i don't ever like really want to do that i don't no. i don't want to i say that now um yeah. <laughs> ask me again now um i i don't like that but it's like we do bring like a finished thing to joey and then like he has ideas after the fact it's not like we're stuck on something and having like an issue and he helps in that way but he's like we get through this thing and he like provides sight that we might not have because you know it's our song mm -hmm. like, yeah it's as like as much as we may have written it we like know the fucking least about it somehow you know it's like how <laughs> that works yeah. yeah um yeah that's anyways uh, yeah it's, that's that's pretty much it man um yeah yeah just like i don't know little detail work stuff like that and like usually like what i will do is like I'll have like an A and a B basically. And I'll tell him like, what's cooler, this or this. And then he'll tell me and tell me why, you know, he's like, don't do the other way. It's not going to work. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So he's the, uh, the, the deal breaker or whatever the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He can be. And just like the arbiter of truth, the arbiter. <laughs> yeah, of truth. Dude. And you know, just another, like once again, like an outside perspective, just like somebody who's going to try and play the role of listener because we're unable to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it yeah. Happens. Yeah. Sometimes we'll send the songs to like friends and stuff like that. I don't really do that super frequently. It's mostly just like my brother that I'll send it to because that's like who I've always sent my songs to after I finish them. But I've got a couple friends I send stuff to. More so just like one for the most part. But I'm curious as to how much, I don't want to say formal training, but like any kind of education or even just uh your own kind of analysis in terms of songwriting and com composition and all of that kind of stuff do you either of you guys have a lot of some of that or do you ever to go to school for it or learn theory or anything like that yeah i um i learned a lot of theory and was taking a lot of lessons for a long time i was taking a college course in high school for a couple of years um like at a point I was taking seven lessons a week yeah oh shit. Jesus I didn't know that yeah that's Whoa. crazy I'd like to I had five days a week of school and then two private teachers outside of that it was out of control but I mean most of that wasn't like technique stuff it was like music theory okay and then like analysis we'd go through like classical songs and do the harmonic analysis analysis and then um things like that you know just like different songs 
and figure out like what it is, chord progressions, voicings, like the technical aspects, like function of harmony. I don't think that necessarily equates to writing a good song though, but it's good information to have and it's helpful, you know, but it's like when you see something cool, you can, you can figure out what it is and be like, oh, this is like, I have a reason why this is more than just like, oh, it sounds nice. You know, it's like, you know exactly what it is. It's, well, you, you learn, you're learning kind of the building blocks of the song. Like just knowing good harmony can't help, like won't make you write a good song. It's not enough to do it by itself, yeah. but. Just understanding for stuff, you know, like how to hear something and understand how it works, I think is really helpful, you know. Yeah. Um, the only training that I have is informal and it's from Miles. Pretty much when we started hanging out, like he would definitely help me out with like what certain chords like were and he would like you know just kind of guide me on like honestly like technique stuff too because like i'm i'm self-taught and um i definitely have picked up really terrible habits over the years because of that because <laughs> no one told me not to and so yeah that's that's honestly it yeah <laughs> I, I ain't nothing wrong with that yeah I think there's a good balance, though. I mean, a lot of people when I teach always ask like about that type of thing. Some people want technique, some people want theory, like yada yada yada. I think it's a big balance of like what to learn and how to use it. Like how how does this apply? Like you know, you could get into some like real egghead shit with theory, which I mean, I think can be kind of exciting, but isn't really helpful. You know, right? Like it only it only does so much. But I think um, I think it's good to know, but also you have to explore and understand how to use it. Like just because you like know a scale doesn't mean you know shit you know like that's not how it does not yeah. equate that you know yeah. or like some people have like a a degree and if i come to me for lessons and like you know kind of being weird about it i'm like i, I don't care like <laughs> this doesn't, it doesn't mean anything like yeah. can you explain it no then like let's talk about it and figure it out because you need to be able to understand why and just because you have like those tools and like your mental arsenal of stuff like being able to apply it well is different and i don't know that that can always be taught you know i think you need to spend some time it's like when I was learning stuff, I would learn, here's this thing, and then I'd, like, try to write something with it or, like, understand it. You know, you can't just, like, remember it and be like, okay, I totally get it. Like, there's so much <laughs> more to it than that. Yeah. You know, it's like, ask Guthrie Govan to play something in Lydian and then, like, Joe Blow to play something in Lydian. It's like, that guy spent more time. You can hear it exploring, mm. you know. I can't go up on stage and just hold my music degree. Be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see? Yeah. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> it's just like the passion for it, man. I think that applies in like even other areas of life just because someone has like a degree in something doesn't necessarily mean they're like great at it. You yeah. know, there's so much more that goes into it. It, uh, it's like, I know people who have music degrees who can't do all, almost fucking anything and yeah. people who have no formal training whatsoever who can do the shit out of it. Mm hmm. And and the other way around. Um, so it's 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 cool. Like you can get the tools, but if you don't, I don't know. I'm it's hard to, to describe. Dude. Like you yeah. gotta, yeah. You you gotta on some level under like have a vision for what it There's is. There's like a level of intuition do. involved, right? Kind of, you know, just like it's kind of yeah. that idea of like um, being book smart versus street smart mm -hmm. kind of thing, you know. And application, I think, is everything. That's where things are learned. And it's like, you know, like a, like somebody who that just got like, that's on their first day being a doctor. You know what I mean? It's like, they don't know shit. That's why there's like all of those roles that they have to go through because they're only book smart, you mm -hmm. know, and they have no actual experience. And that's everything. That's where you sink or swim. Yeah. Or like a creative attorney or someone, you know, like there's more than just the law. You yeah. Know? Like that kind of thing exists. I think the thing that people forget a lot of the time 
and it took me a long time to, to figure this out. This was the tipping point for me. Like the theory, music theory and harmony analysis, all that stuff came afterwards. Bunch mm-hmm. of fucking nerds came in he, after hearing great music and were like, okay, how do we quantify this? How do we, how do we take this and figure out what's going on so that we can recreate it or whatever? It's uh, reverse engineering to a degree. Yeah, totally. And wow. um, so it's not that that isn't very useful. It really is. Mm-hmm. I find it to be extremely useful, especially when I hear something and I want to like, like yoink the idea of mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Take like figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like a spread triad. That's a that's like a closed harmony or whatever. Uh, like the sound of that. Um, and then I can use that idea in my own music. But um, it's just names for shit. Like yeah. that people figure out, figured out intuitively, like you said, to do it. Like just doing it, trying stuff out in the sandbox until something fucking sounded cool. Yeah. So totally, man. Yeah. Definitely I, was after the fact. I mean, that's I crazy. Know. I never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild stuff that you think about that. Just like the level of like, like, who figured out notes and like, the circle of fifths? Like, who fucking came up with that? It was so much trial and error. Out of control. So much, I think. I mean, they literally changed, like, for example, the, uh, the what uh, pitch A was. It used to be 432, like 432 hertz, whatever, was was A. And now it's 440. They, somebody, they just fucking changed it. Like... I, there was, was there a committee? Yeah. Like, was, it, oh my God. was it someone was just like, now it shall be different, and that is the end of the discussion. Like, it's I, so dude, minute. I didn't get to vote on. I mean, it was hundreds of years ago, but like, <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I don't know. Like, I I appreciate that there are people who care enough about that stuff to spend the time yeah. to decide those things to decide our or life. to care about. You know, I don't. Um, but at at the same time, it's. I mean, we're, it's just fucking wiggly air. It's literally the air vibrating at X, like, Frequency vibrations per, per second. And all this other stuff is completely artificial constructs, like us just putting names to it, to stuff that sounds good or doesn't or whatever. Yeah. And then even going like, this is a dissonance. This sounds bad. People are like, oh, that sounds bad. I like it. And, you know, we mm-hmm. get like... A perfect all, like, fourth used to be a dissonance. You weren't allowed to play that in a church. Yeah, it's a devil's the, note. It's so it's a fucking it's, wedding song now. Dun, 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 dun. It's like it's it's crazy. stupid. It's there's so much just a lot of arbitrary things that just had to I think just had to be decided just so that we could fucking move forward and do stuff together. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like if everybody tune, tunes to a different a, it's not going to work. It's not going to sound good. So yeah. they were like, "All right, this is the one. Let's can we all just yeah, this is good. Okay, let's just fucking go. Like here yeah. we go. Like machine head." Um, does the frequent they tune to 448 I think or something it's like they, one of those bands that does it like sense off yeah I think uh, like Pantera I think tuned to 432 that kind of thing like yeah it's like Metallica like those earlier albums are all like really sharp I don't know exactly I what think the frequency they, is I think it's because they recorded the tape, tape and right? sped it up but uh, yeah. I don't know like okay the first I remember reading the first uh, Poison the Well album they recorded they like didn't tune the guitar with a tuner or something so it's like halfway between E and F or some shit oh my god that's hella punk dude and it's just like I mean 
if it sounds good, it's fine. Like nobody, it sucks if you're trying to learn it. If you're trying to play along, yeah, that's yeah. one thing I think about. But, it's like kind of weird, but inaccessible. The, then you're not like if you, that's only a problem if you're making music for musicians. Yeah, yeah. seems very like true hipster. Dude. Like yeah, I play at four forty eight. Like okay, <laughs> okay, oat milk. Like, God, dude. you know, like, Jesus. Uh, and you could, oh, you could go down the rabbit hole of of four thirty two conspiracy theory. You, oh my gosh, you see these things? They're like, look, if we vibrate this plate of sand at four hundred thirty two hertz versus four forty, this is what they're trying to sell you. And it got to the point where there was like, oh God. Fun. There's a great Adam Neely video about it it's where different he, frequencies for he chakras, shows a, apparently. There's like a there's like a fucking like a big rapper who like went on a rant. He's like, "You're listening to music at bad frequencies. Like if you listen to music at 440, it harms your internal organs." <laughs> like, I don't I don't fucking remember. It's like bad frequencies, but like it, it that doesn't make any fucking sense. That's just like like yeah. like like who's got the fucking time like shut up play the goddamn instrument yeah. like, play your guitar, write your songs yeah. like you want to you want to tune to 432 great i don't care yeah, oh, I'm fine with anyone. Do it. it's only a problem if you have perfect pitch i think dude have you ever gone down the rabbit hole of just intonation versus like equal temperament um I've I learned a little bit about it, but no, I've not gone down the rabbit hole because I because I don't care. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking know. I don't know. You that's don't how I am too, it. man. That's I watched. I, I ended up spending a night like watching videos on that. You know, you see like the guitars with true temperament, like yeah. the, the squiggly frets and shit. Mm-hmm. And then there's like just intonation where it has like the sine waves and it shows you like what these pitches and these harmonies are with like equal temperament. Where it's like that was just, that's another thing that's like baffling. Who like who fucking figured this out? Um, so like other instruments can play together. So everything's like in tune. Basically, like kind of what you're talking about. But that's actually not in tune. Like a major third on a perfectly tuned instrument is not right. No. And it shows the frequencies and they're like all like squiggly. Cattywampus. Yeah, and then it has it with just intonation, and you can hear everything too. And they're like solid. It's like if your strobe tuner just locked on something, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that type of shit. And dude, it sounds so much better. It does. I wish I never heard it. It was like, I can't believe this. My <laughs> instrument sounds like shit forever. <laughs> it was horrible. It was like but so you, painful. But then there's keys that you can't play in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Because so it limits the actual what you can do harmonically. You can't do certain moves to certain keys. You can't uh, you can't use certain uh, like modal interchange chords or anything in a heartbeat i would trade for that like fuck like having perfect intonation but incredibly limited music writing like fuck that i think the true temper i don't ever want to i don't want to ever hear the thing you're talking about because i'll I'll wind up changing my mind (laughs) dude all you have to do is uh when your guitar is in tune play a major third and bend your the lowest note up bend the root up just barely just a little bit (laughs) yeah you'll hear it and you'll be like because you know you play like a major, major bar chord and it's like it never sounds sick never sounds good no I mean, the guitar is just fucked. Like, it's the guitar is a that. fucked instrument. It's pretty yeah. Or what's that guy, Matthias Eklund? Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, dude, he's playing perfect fifths on, like, the 24th fret. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this shit sounds perfect. But that's, like, adjusted for different things. So I think that guitar you can play in, like, any key. But talk about, like, well, the truth- having such a specific thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you shouldn't even just, like, dude, try just, to forget it exists. There's so many compromises that you have to make on the guitar. That you have all to of just kind of, yeah, all of them. Like the fact that it's all one scale, like one scale length, even a multi scale guitar is, uh, is not multi scale enough. Like mm. you look at, if you were to put those same strings like inside a piano 
and compare it to how uh, those are curved, it's it's like way more extreme on the piano, bears, right? Way more extreme on the yeah. piano, and so you just gotta you just gotta kind of okay, gotta suck it up, Buttercup. Fine. Yeah, but yeah, like damn, there's always I I, I appreciate the nerds, the yeah. the real nerds behind the scenes figuring this sh- shit out for us. Someone so we has can just, to do it so that we can just you know fucking do it so we just yeah. do the thing write the music play the songs and and so that the you know we have to kind of filter the nerdy shit through us so that the people in the audience are going to have a good time yeah they, they walk so we can run yeah um uh let's see where was i going with that oh speaking of guitars why don't we take the opportunity to uh, see what you brought for us today what you got because i um Ooh. you know you brought it all this way and it's been sitting there and i'm curious so You've had a uh, signature model through Schechter available for a while now, but this mm-hmm. is some hot new shit. This so has a, this has an additional string. Ah, yeah. So this is the the seven string version of the uh, Sig model. It comes out on the uh, okay twenty seventh. This one. That's when I've been told. So should be out the twenty seventh of this one. So month. this is uh, this is yeah. This neck through a preview. It's all sick. Yeah, I don't even know if you can see. All the way, but yeah, it's basically the same thing as the uh, six string, but uh, seven. That's this it. time it's seven. <laughs> yeah, Floyd Rose, the five way switch, mm-hmm. no uh, tone knob. Because fuck tone knobs. Yeah, because the only time you use it is when it's like off and you realize and you, it. Yep. Yeah, and you're like, everything sounds bad. Every time. Didn't you have the blade switch in a different spot? Um, no, I was going to put it up here. I wanted to put it in a different spot, but I think this is in the same spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's been so long, I should know this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Seymour Duncan pickups, stainless steel frets, glow in the dark on the in- inlays on the side. The black binding with the maple fretboard is always a move. That shit looks tight. Yes, I think it's cool. But yeah, so I'm stoked on this, man. It's cool. I did the six string first, and in hindsight, I should have done the seven because, like, I play seven strings. You know, I was like, oh, I'll do six because more people will buy it. Just like completely disregarding everyone who listens to me probably plays a seven <laughs> string. You know, and so this is like what should have happened first. I did notice that, like. <laughs> You weren't using it a lot in like music videos and stuff, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, oh, that makes." Uh, yeah, no. Yes, that was uh, that was how my brain was working at that <laughs> Dude, time in my life. I remember it was because like you were playing eights in rings for so long mm. and then you switch to six and you're like dude this feels so much better that's <laughs> all I care about like I'm never like I just don't want to play anything extended anymore yeah like, I'm just gonna do a six for the sig dude six I'm just gonna string, do a six six string does feel better oh yeah it like, does. as far as and like, it sounds better recorded too yeah, I think it's a better good instrument as this is coming out this month I'm but like six is better <laughs> by the way but it's uh, <laughs> but worse. it's but, but the you know the getting that extra range getting more notes having more possibilities you only get five more notes that's true but it's the, to me, it's, it's important. It's Those the across. Really it's, it's it's the fi- you you gain five lo- like additional pitches, but it's the across the neck thing mm. for me that makes it worth it. Like that's the main reason. Like I have two eight string guitars, which is two more than I probably need. <laughs> but what I think is cool about it is getting the additional range. Uh, what's this vertically, horizontal? Ver- yeah, vertically. Yeah. Additional notes that. If you if you fucking use them, <laughs> yeah. Some of it yeah. does sound cool. Um, like it can sound pissed. Like after the burial, shit is uh out of control. I think they do nine string too. But like the thing with that stuff though is like even like there was an eight string part on silence. Dig it down, dig it down, dig it down. No matter how fucking clean you play, that's not like tracking well. You have to like you have to track stuff like that 
the way that it needs to be tracked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> otherwise it's like not going to be clear, and that's kind of a problem. Like you could, if you did that same exact lick on a six string, fine, totally yeah. fine. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like down that low. It's just like it's all you hear. It's like pick attack and noise. Mm. There's there has to be so much tone finagling and stuff like that, gating and all kinds of stuff to to make it really work. And it's yeah. it's a little annoying. It does like, sound cool though, man. Like it's pretty. It's just it sounds it's an cool. Addictive sound. So I got a a baritone six string that's tuned to F sharp mm. because I I just really like the the physical feeling of that of that fucking low sound F and sharp it, on a seven on a six string. So it's it's a it's a it's a almost an octave down. It's like a, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, that's like a seventh down. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's very it's very uh oh oh a seventh. I thought you said seven string. Yeah, um yeah, it's very it's very fucking low. Uh, it's got like it's basically got eight string string gauges on it, mm-hmm. just without the top two. But it's because I just love that the feeling of it. It's addictive, but it's like then you just get stuck. <laughs> All your songs wind up in the key of F sharp. <laughs> mm, yep. That is something cool with the seven string though. You have like those five additional notes, but that's like, those could be potential for like five different keys to play in. I mean, you could play in those keys other places, but sometimes like having that option to be like, I definitely have like a few things I've written recently that are built off of in a key that's on the, like that four fret area. You have like D, C sharp, C. It's, it's real, pretty, it's crazy actually. I don't think really about, I take back to, what I said. Those five notes matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important. easy in metal to wind up uh, writing in the key of the lowest open string all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. I try to deliberately not do that. Yeah. Especially on like Search Party, a lot of the songs are still in like the key of E. Yep. A lot of it's in E. Goddamn key. Got a tritone key change. What's that? <laughs> in the wishing well. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite kind. I love a tritone it's key like change. like F to B. Yeah. yeah. It was a bend. That saved it all. <laughs> it was all. It was all leaning on that ending solo band, dude. dude. It literally did. Yeah. I, like I've never experienced something where like one tiny component component. There's like synths. There's like all this shit going on, and literally one bend on one guitar was like what made it work. <laughs> was it like a half step bend it's that took fourth, it from? Right? Oh, it's no, a big bend. It, I think it was like a fourth bend or a minor third bend. <laughs> uh, that the, sounds like a whole set. <laughs> Yeah, so it bends up to the fifth. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's like a whole step bend. Yeah, but I think originally, because that whole solo section's in F. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like F minor, and then it goes to B minor. So yeah, that's that's a tritone change. So instead of... Okay. Yeah. Cool, that yeah. That a big difference, yeah. That, it was a half Sometimes step. it just, like, connects it nicely. So it was d- probably from one, one chord tone to another and just, like, just like ma- made a little bridge that you put your little listeners on. You're like, here you go, guys. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize how fucking far they just went. Yeah. Because <laughs> you gave them a nice little boop. Yeah, that was, like, I think that's the farthest you can go. Yeah. yeah. Before you start going back around the other way. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, it's magical. I shouldn't have said um because then everybody was l- waiting for me to get. Uh, um. Okay, actually, the, uh, this is a good one. So uh, we've spent most of the time talking about the music. How about the lyrics? Is there a particular way that you go about writing lyrics at all? Is there any kind of process or yeah, um, anything special or cool? Even just something little. Uh, well, <laughs> it's kind of silly, actually. Like. I don't really know what I'm going to sing about until like I have like a couple sections done. <laughs> and and the way that the lyrics come about is basically just from like 
phonating over the sections, like what feels pleasing, like mm-hmm. which vowels are like pleasing to be sung over that section mm-hmm. to me. And, um, and then I'll like form words based off of like those vowel shapes. So I don't really know what I'm talking about when I first start <laughs> like at all. And I'm just like, okay, there's these couple stanzas or whatever, or just one. I'm like, what am I saying? <laughs> and then I'm like, that's funny. Okay, I'll make it about this because th- I like what I have here, you know. And then I'll kind of just make a song about, like, based off of like that one little, little thing, little mm-hmm. section. Um, and a lot of times, like, I'll try and make something. Um, I'll try and write stuff that obviously is like related to something that's maybe happened to me or happened to somebody that I know, something like that. Some sort of experience um, that I've gone through actually so that I can like, so that's meaning. Mm-hmm. And that, and so that when I listen to the song, I could feel something. Yeah. Um, I think that's very important. Yeah. I mean like, you know, with like, let's use like, I guess like Vampire Squid, for example, like the, those lyrics are obviously um, extremely extremely silly (laughs) and like it's fun to do that but it's not really like doesn't do anything for me like really emotionally yeah and i think that's like definitely like a common thing to do in like death metal and like just a lot of metal in general is to like have some sort of like vague abstract concept and just talk about it like like it's like a research report you know yeah and i think that's like kind of cool but um to me, like, I can tune out pretty easily. It's easy to tune out and, like, kind of step outside of it and be like, what the hell is going on? Like, what are you saying, man? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, like, I definitely, like, wanted to make interloper lyrics far different than that because um, I've, I've definitely done the latter in the past. Um, and so, yeah, um, I... I really enjoy uh, singing the lyrics every time like we play shows, you know, cause it's like I'm connecting to something and like, I would hope that, you know, the people listening are connecting what I'm saying to something that they've experienced, you know, um, even if it's completely unrelated, you know? Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's really important for songs to have lyrics that are relatable. Um, not only just relate, but like re- you relate to them. Like I have a, maybe a rational pet peeve for songs that are really like abstract lyrically that shit drives me nuts i'm like this is so <laughs> fucking lame <laughs> like you know it's like i i get it like and i understand and it's like a, I, I won't like not listen to something but it's so unrelatable and like this abstract overly profound like in the ether thought of shit it's like what like does this even mean you know like that type of thing so i think it's, i've always connected better with lyrics that are like more to the point you know, and they can be like decorative, but I prefer when there's something like that. Cause I mean, these songs, people can relate to them. If what you wrote them about is this thing, they can still relate to it when they think about this thing because they can put themselves in the shoes and connect with it. Even though you might be thinking about two different things. I think that's important if you're talking about space and planets <laughs> and the yeah. birth of a star. It's like, <laughs> 
how the fuck is anyone going to relate to this? You know, birth of like, a star. Yeah, they're like I'm the oh star. It's like, oh, no, you're not. Okay, Just move on. Yeah. So, um, I'm the star. Yeah, I'm the star. Yeah, you know, and maybe you are. I don't know. Depends. I guess depends who's listening. Um, but yeah, that's that's something I think that's <laughs> that's also how you ended an argument about where which direction the song's going to go in. I'm the star. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I decide. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's God. important, man. You know, having songs that you relate to, and you, I think you look at some of. Obviously, if it makes you happy, write about it. But you look at some of the, you know, more popular things and things that people tend to enjoy, or like even yourself, probably. You know, yeah. it's stuff you can relate to. Yeah, like uh, that. It's pretty fucking like your friends. You relate to them. Things you like, you relate to them, or you like are into like fantasy, like Fallout games or something. For some people, or like you know, whatever game they might be into or, like, type of movie. They relate to it or want to relate to it, and that's it. So if you're writing about something completely fucking unrelatable, it's like, I can't get into it. That's it. Yeah. 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 The, the thing pl- that... The, sorry, go, I was no, just going to say, if, if it is, like, vague or whatever, like, it just has to be, like, fucking outstanding. Yes. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you just... I feel like you put yourself up to, like, such a higher, like, standard of it. Like, like it's, it's, it's so much... F- more rare that it's like super um captivating i feel yeah you know yeah like exoplanet from the contortionist is an incredible album you know but it's like about space (laughs) you know (laughs) but it's still so good i think the quality of the storytelling too i mean if you are writing about something like that so like i kind of take back what i said to an extent so if you're making something that is like unrelatable, but you're writing lyrics that are enjoyable, pleasant to read, and like make you think of something or put you in a place, like if you're if you're writing lyrics that are like the most unrelatable thing, but you see something when you hear them or makes you feel somewhere, that's one thing. What I'm more so, so describing is stuff where like you read it and you're like, I am like, what? You know, it's like not entertaining. It's not written super well. It doesn't paint a picture, and it's about nothing. That's what I can't get behind. Yeah, it needs something. There's got to be something there. Like, hey, give me one of the five components. Got to be yeah, something yeah. that you connect to. <laughs> Storytelling, yeah. I think, is a big part of that, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. it's definitely like yeah, yeah. Like Nightwish has some pretty like weird like stuff, but I can get into that music and it, like it paints a picture. You know, that's like stuff that I think is kind of strange, but they do a great job of it. So I don't really mind. You know, sometimes think if something is too on the nose, you might as well be reading a fucking manual or something, yeah. you know, like if it's too like this song is about the time I broke up with my girlfriend and then she came to my house to deliver the thing that I left there and it was a, specifically a sweater from Penn State. And so you're like, okay, let's, let's just, uh, <laughs> maybe you could say that a little bit more artistically like with some, you know, yeah. but then also if, if it's too vague and you don't understand what it's about or you just can't connect to it because you literally just you don't know what they're going yeah. for yeah then that's a different kind of problem so yeah i don't think listening to music should be a chore it shouldn't be like a treasure hunt mentally to figure out what something's about right you listen to music to well maybe some people don't but you listen to music to enjoy it and like feel a way you want to feel or something and that's why you have different artists you can go listen to but it's like i feel like most people aren't like yeah let's put on a tune and like really do some fucking riddle solving here <laughs> like it's weird <laughs> you know i will say that when i I remember when I fir- when I spent a lot of time listening to, uh, oh God, what's the fucking album? Uh, Scenes from a Memory by Dream Theater. There's a whole storyline that's in there, and I went in and like read the lyrics very carefully and tried to write down the story as I thought it was. And at the time, I thought that was pretty cool. 
but uh, in hindsight, I also got a lot out of it without doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I was very emotionally moved by the story that I could pick out just from listening to it. And it wasn't so fucking wordy that they cared about the story so much that they abandoned catchy, good songwriting, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that sounds way different, though. That sounds like a really cool, like, that's a cool idea. Yeah, it was I like that. It was really good story, storytelling and really good songwriting. Uh, without being, I don't know, I, I guess probably the average listener might be like, oh my God, I don't care about the people in this story, please. I just want to hear, ooh, baby, yeah, give it to me one more time, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but it was, wow. uh, to me, that was the move. Like, that's a, a good way to do it, at least. One example of yeah. how you're, if you're going to tell a real specific story, it doesn't have to be a list. But yeah, for sure. I think the thing that you said, uh, uh, that you, uh, you acted like it was kind of, um, I don't know, silly or uncommon or whatever to just like have some kind of gibberish on top and then turn it into words. That's like half of people who come in here and say the same thing. Like, oh, really? That's how Ozzy did it. On the if you you can hear um, demos of early uh, Black Sabbath songs, them in the studio, uh, like Paranoid, and he ju- it's just fucking gibberish garbage. Same melody. And he yeah. and then he would go back and sit down and like r- write some real words to the thing that he said, hundred percent. And that's, that's really cool. It's extremely common. Hell yeah, that makes sense with like singing, you know, because you have like vowels and different words, like, and things have to sound a certain way, and like certain like sounds won't sound good. Like a word that has a specific sound would like never fit somewhere. So if you're yeah, if you're be. a singer, like I don't do that, but like if you sing, like that's. That makes total sense. Yeah, dude. Seems like you have to do that because you can't just like write something and then you're singing like something like aluminum can. Like, how is that going to sound nice? You know, like there's certain especially things. if you're yeah. holding out like an like an i sound, like an like a short i. Yeah. Eh, like, there's no way to sound sing that that's going to sound nice. You have to like commit to like an eh or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's why like it sounds weird when people sing. Uh, almost anything like really popular singers, great singers, they modify all the vowel sounds yeah. to be very similar because mm. to make them easier to sing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It also it's, makes yeah. it makes like the singer sound more unique. I think when you're able to do that, like fluently, like commit to, I don't know, like let's say like you know Lane Staley, the way he sings, it's like Urgh. that's him, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like it might be silly, but like. To some people, not to me. I think it's no, I think it's sick. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, like that's something that's like he's he probably does that because it helps him sing better, you know, and like it just sounds like him. Yeah, like that's the product of it, you know. I think I didn't really consciously notice this, but from your description and then thinking about it, um, all of your singing sounds incredibly open. And mm. really um, nicely resonant and stuff, and I think that's probably at least partly a result of what you're saying. Because if you're concentrating on the vowel sounds and the phonemes, like you're saying, and like the um, before you even start writing words, it pr- probably makes it way easier to sing and much more pleasant to listen to as a result. And Dude, yeah. it's that that works. I've never done it like that before. I think mm. ever. Um, I. Am now very tempted to try that because that's <laughs> that's cool. Hey, you sing, yeah, so I do. Yeah, I I and I go in um, usually with lyrics 
at least a little bit beforehand to some extent. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm like focusing on, on that a lot. Uh, like, Oh, does this vowel sound sing well in this spot or whatever, but not to that extent ever. Mm. So now I'm, uh, now try I'm going to think about it. I'm going to try it out. Give it a shot. A, a, a I owe you and sometimes why? <laughs> there you go, dude. That's it. That's great. That was yeah. beautiful. Thanks. That's cool. Um, yeah. And maybe I'll try to, have something written beforehand. <laughs> yeah, dude. I but don't know. I think if you do it like that for a while, even if you don't wind up doing that at a certain time, it's going to be, you'll have uh, been so used to doing it like that, you'll have that in mind all the time. So mm. regardless of whether you're writing actual words out beforehand, you'll kind of, you kind of know like, uh, yeah, trying to think of like what's the fucking worst word to sing like uh, i think aluminum can probably is not great but um yeah aluminum can if you wind up uh, ah, can can yeah. like kelly <laughs> yeah. or something you would say like i would say like fish. ken probably can fish that fucking sucks yeah it's fucked <laughs> or c but, maybe like c yeah yeah e's suck e yeah squeezy ones Kelly. Beans. <laughs> That's great, though. I, see, this is why I started this podcast. Okay, it's all for you, so it's you can learn. All for me, so <laughs> that I, I'm not even kidding. And then I was like, well, I could like just have these conversations by myself, or we could have them in front of a live studio audience, and then we can all learn together. There you, you go. You know, and so. Um, this kind of stuff, getting into the weeds and learning little things like that, like that's a big ass takeaway for me. Like that's hell yeah, that's really cool. That's a that's a I, like I said, I've heard a lot of people say that that basically is how they write, but this that specific version of it, I've never heard. Damn, so it's beautiful, it's fucking awesome. I think it's cool. <laughs> um, it's not my wheelhouse, so it's, it's cool listening. Like talk <laughs> about it. I don't yeah. have to worry about like that to that extent. It's different. Certain words do sound like shit, even screamed, but you can get away with a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Significantly better. Yeah. It's actually funny because, like, I notice that I'm pretty, like, strict on myself with, like, kind of, like, I guess, like, rhyme and stuff like that mm -hmm. when I'm, like, singing. But when it comes to screaming sections and pretty much, like, I would say most scream screaming parts in songs that I've written, it's, like, almost always free verse. Like, I'm just, like... I throw it to the wind. Interesting. I don't know why. It's kind of just like, I just never really think about it. But like when I sing, I'm always like pretty strict about it. Hmm. I don't know why. Strict as in more rhyme or less rhyme? More rhyme in singing and like zero rhyme. Mm. Zero to just very little in like the screaming sections. Yeah. I don't really like worry about it. I just like worry about like symmetry and like the patterns. Right. And that's like what makes it feel like familiar. Yeah. I mean, you know? that makes sense. It's like, a lot easier to get away with things that are probably not as uh, normal when it's uh, screamed, you know, versus singing when people can ideally hear every word. You know, it's a lot more under the under the microscope. Yeah, and everyone's used to hearing people talk, like you know, the human voice and picking things up that they like and don't like with screaming. They're not going to pick it up the same. If you're making demon noises, uh, I don't think that demons would give a shit about rhyming. You know what I mean? Like, True. <laughs> people don't go like. Oh, this, I mean, I do because I'm a fucking asshole, but like, <laughs> you know, most, most of the time you're not like, uh, oh, that fucking demon sound didn't, it didn't, the two lines didn't rhyme together. 
it's like it's more like oh my <laughs> yeah that yeah. sounds very scary you know what man and that that's also that that makes sense honestly like to have things a little less i guess rhymy and consistent with the screams because it just makes it come across more or like less controlled you know more yeah. angry you know and i think that that's definitely like it's less chaotic or more yeah. chaotic it's like a dynamic tool honestly yeah i think it's cool i think you do have a lot more freedom that way well, this has all been fucking gold. Um, I'm having a great time. And oh, yeah. um, I think that's probably a pretty good spot for us um, to call it a day. Um, but probably the, uh, the things that you want people to know, the new song is out. It's been out like a month. Something like that. Close. Three, three I think, something. yeah, it's a month on the 19th, I'm pretty My sure. My Flame Deadened. There's yes. a music video for it. Yes. The al- the album Search Party has now been out a year mm-hmm. as of uh, Saturday, I think. A year and two days. And we'll make another Facebook post. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Just one every day. It's been a year and three days. A year and four days. Yeah. Um, see if we can get zero likes on a post. See how long it takes. That's what you're going for. That's the, that's a, damn, that's a goal to have. Yeah. <laughs> Completely alienate your audience. <laughs> what, um, what else uh, What else you got? Anything coming up? Tours? Yes. Uh, new stuff? Um, we, I, can't tell, I could tell you who it is, but I can't oh, tell everyone okay. who it is yet. But you know, we'll nothing be, nothing uh, announced yet. No, but yeah. we'll be out in September and October. Okay. So North America. Yes. North America. With so. other bands that also play metal. Yes. That also have music Great. coming out. We will I'm, also probably have another single out by that time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which will be cool. Great. And the new guitar will be available soon. Yeah, uh, this, the end, this end of the month. month. Yeah, the Ho- twenty. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Schechter doesn't see this and know that you've leaked the information. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. It's uh, like having <laughs> so many videos and like played it uh, on tour. It's like uh, yeah, no. yeah. I mean, the production just takes sure a long they, time. I'm sure they they'll understand. Um, so that'll be out soon. So if you if you were hoping for this, it existeth now. Yeah. The, the same thing, but with a seventh string. Yes. Uh, <laughs> with this, same thing with five more notes. <laughs> yeah, five extra notes just for you. Yeah. Um, great, guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, everybody out there in the world, go follow Interloper as well as these two boys individually on all of the things. You know, you, I don't ever tell people to, to you, the specifics. You know where to find it. The Google exists. Just Google them. Um, True. Huge thanks to our sponsor today, um, DistroKid. And you can check the link in the description for 7% off your first year of DistroKid. It's the best way to get your music on the internet. Be sure to check out this podcast every Monday. It's We're here every week. The same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, although I say that out loud and uh, the last two have started at noon. I think we're going to keep that up. It's it's hard to get musicians up before noon, and I'm a I'm a, a good example of that. And I have to get up before even that yeah. to get it ready. Anyway, <laughs> it's um, act, small act of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we're going to keep it at noon PST every week. There's an Instagram, how songs are made. Instagram. If you guys like this stuff, um, follow over there. I drop a lot of clips from these interviews, a lot of like little informative nuggets, and you're going to find out um, who's going to be on next. Oh, who's do I have somebody for next week is the, is the question that probably I should have an answer to just to um, get people stoked for next week. And I don't know. I do not. Great. Um, <laughs> but I've got some cool guests coming up next month. Um, Paul McCartney. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't even say it out loud. No! <laughs> 
Oh, I would die. I would die. Yeah. I could. I, w- I wouldn't be able to do the interview. I wouldn't I would, be able to talk there's, to him. I would just be. I would be crying the whole time. I'd be like, do you remember when you were the Beatle? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Because you guys from some goos. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't be able to hold it together. So yeah, really I kind of hope that, that it doesn't happen in that sense. Um, but I also want it so badly. So anyway, I'm just going to manifest it. Paul, if you're out there listening or any of your people, let's make it happen. Trey's Face Piss Tears Fest 2022. Let's let's fucking go. I want to learn. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thank you so much, guys. And uh, you, say goodbye to all the folks at home. Goodbye. Bye. We'll Thanks for watching us. Soon. Thank you. Thank you.